So being rich in London, it just sounds awful. And, being uh, in London sounds awful. I mean, really, that's it. I mean, being rich anywhere else on the planet, I think, is pretty good. I mean, you know, it's got its ups, such as being rich. That's pretty good. Yeah, that but helps. Being, being in London and rich, um, not worth it. Not worth it. Give it up. Give up. Give up what you're doing. Just, just, uh, you're basically a pleb. Any rung on the ladder, I would not want to be in London. And I can prove it. This is basically just, I've been, I've been reading about what people's lives are in London in those big rich apartments. And, um, no, nah, nah, no well, thanks. <laughs> I was recently in London. It was horrible, as you would expect. And, uh, I was going to see a Dead Kennedys concert in the, in Camden. And uh, one of the first things that I saw the second I got into Camden, within five minutes of getting there, uh, was a, a black woman in the middle of the street causing a scene, screaming at all of her friends who just looked embarrassed to be around her. And I was like, yep. Normal. Yep, normal this is one. London. Well, start us off just by promoting something on LoisSears.com, that being the census data proves Britain is not a nation of immigrants, which will come back later on in um, my reporting, because I found a tool. And with that tool, we shall now add context to all further reports. I think I know this tool. This yes. is a fun tool. This is a very fun tool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next one, though, because um, the BBC put this out. See? Story. My £850,000 new build flat is now worthless. Oh, no. Oh. New build flat. Almost a million pounds. Yeah. Jesus. Now, the largest response was exactly that, which is people like me who don't live in London. So, um, well, I would never buy a flat for <laughs> almost a million pounds. Yeah, I, I just not not even interested in that concept. No, never mind. What are you doing with your life, son? Uh, going, I don't care, rich boy. <laughs> and well, it might, it might be a little bit cruel to label someone who owns a million pound flat as a millionaire. Uh, <laughs> well. How else could he afford it? Because it's a, it's a, it's not much. Because London house prices are absolutely mad, as I'm sure everyone's aware. We're going to the deets because the deets are sad and also a sad time for any new build owners. But then again, it's a new build. This is th something I didn't I, I don't really appreciate until I checked out New Build Hate on Twitter. Fantastic account. Oh we'll, yeah, we'll come to him later. But um, for foreigners who don't know, basically, you know all those houses we've had for like hundreds of years because it's an old place and we have that and they all work still. And pretty good. I mean, even those built in the, I don't know, after World War II, all great. 60s, great. New builds, as in like the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, um, seem to be crap for some reason. It's almost like mm. there's a huge demand for housing and the, and the people building them have become corrupt because there's such high demand. They're able to charge such high prices, which means they're cutting corners everywhere to try and make maximum profit in this bubble. I mean, I, I need to check BBC Verify on this. What? I think you might have been speaking to some alt-right media. <laughs> uh, this doesn't seem true to me. Well, we'll go to the BBC, who um, can prove it for us <laughs> instead. Oh, okay. So this guy says, Living in a newly built block of flats deemed not fit for purpose by surveyors has been daily living nightmare, residents have said. He said there were problems with the foundations, there were cracks in the walls, and the timber frame was rotting. How could that have happened? Daniel added that bathroom floors had collapsed there was water damage, and that window frames and doors had distorted, meaning that they were stuck either open or closed. Wow. Excuse my language. It was effed. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is effed. Well, see, in, in Cheshire, where I'm from, um, they have lots of Tudor houses about the place that survived, you know, fires and all sorts. Mm -hmm. Literally half the town burns down where you're from, except there are still buildings from, you know... 1500s standing around there. This couldn't even last, what, a few months? A um, couple, yeah, pretty much, actually. 
Limited a few months. And I was always told the Tudor era, you know, they were flinging, uh, you know, poo out the windows, doing all this sort of nasty. No, they had decent building standards, though, by the sounds of yeah, it. Buildings built by peasants, lastly, an eon. Building built by people with PhDs. Ugh, I can't take a shower in it or all mold. <laughs> good, good job. I'll just, just put some sealer in. There we go. It's waterproof. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. If I just put a rug over it, it's not there anymore. <laughs> so demolition and a rebuilding should be considered, an independent surveyor says. And Mr. Bruce, who claims that he has spent £100,000 on legal fees, this is the chap who spent £850,000 <laughs> on a two-bedroom flat. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. If I had £850,000, I would not be buying a two-bedroom flat. I, I, I would probably be buying a manor house in the country somewhere. Yeah, I, I would not pick living in London. I would get the hell out. Like, if you've got a deposit of, I don't know, what even the deposit on that, you're allowed to buy that, I don't know, 300 grand or something? Whatever he's got. Yeah. I mean, I know he'll have a high-paying job, and that's going to be the I, mortgage on that, but the, still. I was in the Lake District the other week, and I was looking in all of the windows, and for £850,000, you can get some ridiculous properties up there. You can buy two properties. And it's gorgeous. I think you could probably buy three properties in Swindon, like three houses. Yeah, but then you'd own three houses in Swindon. Oh. God, but yeah, but then you could rent them out and then you'd have past income for the rest of your life and you wouldn't have to live in London in uh, your two-bedroom rotting apartment. I suppose so, but God, then you might every you so often up. have to come to Swindon. <laughs> so once again, it's the uh, trade-offs, swings and roundabouts. I don't know. I'd rather have a house than rotting carcass. But Mr. Bruce, who says he's then spent 100 grand on legal fees, is uh, very upset. He says, My future has been stolen from me, my money has been stolen from me, and my mental health has been stolen from me. It was going to be my sanctuary, and it turned into a complete opposite of that. Yeah. I, I ain't trying to be too rude. I know London house prices are insane. But what were you doing? I mean, I'm sorry to just be like I, but like, what were you doing? Spending you know, 850 grand on a two bedroom flat. I don't know. Another lady here, Alexandria de Grugin, spent 900 grand on a three bedroom flat in the same Ooh, building. Extra 50 grand for an extra bedroom. Oh, a whole 50 grand per bedroom. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry, actually, it's 300 grand per bedroom because it's. 900 grand for three bedrooms. <laughs> so he so he, he got like th uh, three quarters of an extra bedroom somewhere. House prices in this part of the country are mad. And you can buy, I, I don't know, like a two bedroom detached house for 200 grand, maybe 220 grand. But why wouldn't you want to live in London She's when you're so close to all of the multi uh, multicultural diversity? Yeah, I mean... Why wouldn't you want to be enriched so? Enriching yourself spiritually is well worth £900,000 for a flat that will fall apart over your head. I mean, I, met, I guess Miss Jujujin over here does not know about the rest of the country. Um, sad. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> Don't tell her. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Prime Metro Properties said it did uh, not build 53 Agar Grove, even though they were the ones being sued. They said they employed a third-party company, Site Construction Limited, under a design and build contract to a standard that was not fulfilled. No S, sir. <laughs> the whole thing is rotting away as we speak. I'm so sorry. They know suckers like you will pay any amount of money to live in London because it is relatively convenient. I mean, nowhere in London is convenient because it is more People convenient. People fall for the meme. Yeah. That's all I'm getting. <laughs> uh, we'll go to the next one here because it, it seems that the company in question does not give an F. You can see this is New Build Hate, which is uh, where I found the story, which is a wonderful account which literally just posts all the crappy work that uh, construction companies do in the UK because they just want to S out properties and make money. They don't care. You can see they haven't updated their accounts for years. Which is, you know, illegal, but whatever. 
Accounts overdue. <laughs> Next accounts made up on thirty first of March, twenty twenty one. Due by, t- it's not. It's not twenty twenty one anymore. No, they lasted them twenty twenty. So, Ooh, lovely. Good job. Good job. Anyway, we'll go forward because I want to look at the place in question. We go to Google Street View. This is it. This is the building. I don't know if you're gonna. I'm gonna play with the mouse a little bit. If, if you can't, it's fine. But just it looks like an Osama bin Laden compound with its crappy walls, and then just. Was this, was this the 850 grand one? This is the building itself in which you buy the flats and an individual flat of two bedrooms in there is 850 grand. That's very ugly. Yeah, it's crap. There's no parking. There's no garden. Million pounds, thank you. You do have a wall to keep the mizzies out, though. <laughs> That's all you've got. But if you, can, if you can turn the camera 180 degrees, we can see you know some older properties. I, I just, on a, just on a face value, just look better. But whatever, whatever, London house prices. They've probably been there for quite a while as well. Yeah, no garden, no parking, nowhere. It's not even near anywhere good, in case you're wondering. It's just, just like, it's, it's not next to a tube station. It's actually quite the uh, cycle. Oh, is the it? tube station. So that's, that's and it's definitely not driving. because So a, cycle, there's a chance you might run into Jeremy Vine as yeah. well. This is just getting worse and worse by the, well, by you the could, minute. You could argue that you've got Camden or whatever nearby, but in the, the particular place where the house is, I think it's crap. In my recent experience with Camden... I don't want to be I there too who, long. Who doesn't love Mizzy? Anyway, let's go forward. We'll get the next link here because uh, it could be worse. Uh, you could be uh, somewhere that's livable, which is well, actually worse. Just to, just to be clear, it wasn't Mizzy. It was a Mizette. <laughs> okay. But you could, uh, if you live in that place, at least you can sue the people who built the company and the, the housing, right? No, these people are going to suck ass. Uh, the people living in Embassy Gardens over here, they're uh, getting completely trapped as the... Headline says, Embassy Gardens development in London's Battersea offers buyers a life like no other, its website features, saying uh, it has pictures of young women relaxing by various on-site facilities such as jacuzzi, saunas, and high-sky swimming pools. Ooh. Pretty good. It's right next to the US Embassy, right in the centre of London. So, you know, peak luxury area, you'd think, right? But it comes with an unanticipated cost. One resident who brought his flat in Embassy Gardens in 2015 said his service charge has increased 58% since then and an annual charge of just over £6,500 every year he has to pay. And what does he get for this service charge? Um, there's a swimming pool. That was already there and not as expensive before. Well, it's more that we've built these luxury apartments. Come and buy them for presumably a billion pounds. And once you've paid your one billion pound of Roonies to get the leasehold on these places, because of course you don't actually own the thing properly, then you have to pay the service charge, (laughs) which is £6,500 a year. That doesn't include ground rent, of course. Then there's the insurance on top you also have to pay for a place you don't own because you're doing a leasehold. Yep, but at least you live in the centre of London. Whoopee. He says, it just feels like I'm a cash cow in my own home, he added. Remember, that's, that's since 2015 that price has gone up. It will go up further as well. I am liable for the service charge that goes up 10 to 15% per annum, and I cannot reduce or opt out of it. I don't think I will ever buy a leasehold again. Oh, very sad, very sad. No, the thing <laughs> that comes back into this is that that tool I mentioned from earlier, the reason I mentioned Ooh. that London is uh, not a nation of immigrants, <laughs> it's in, well, no, it is at this point, that place, because we can go... Hey, census 2021 data is in, and the census people did a wonderful smack-up job Ooh. of giving us the data. Now, previously... Neighbourhood by neighbourhood as well. You would only get it for, like, the county or the borough or something like that. No, um, get it while you can, because I think they're going to delete this as soon as they figure out we've got a hold of it, because you can go and look at the neighbourhood 
of the individual places. I'm sorry, this neighbourhood seems to encompass just one and a half buildings. Yeah, I mean, you can't quite get it down to which building, which is a pain, but uh, whatever. But if it is accurate enough, then only 24% of the people living in these one and a half buildings... Yeah, the people living in this particular place we're talking about are 24% white English, in case you're wondering. Scottish like Welsh a friendly neighbourhood. So that's that's British, really, I should say, rather than English. But I'm going to continue to say English just because it's probably We're the better. group. Yeah, that too. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what the majority group living in this uh, luxury apartment right next to the US Embassy is? They're complaining. Uh, Pakistani. Black African. Oh, okay. It's 25% black African. So presumably Nigerians. I, I don't know who else. It's just a, Straight off the boat from America? I don't like, you know what? I'm going to live next to the American Embassy. Well, they're not from America because <laughs> they're, they're African. In the data. Yeah, true. So are uh, uh, black Americans, not African. You're Americans. Shut it. <laughs> you <laughs> you actually should be ashamed. Do, they do actually get put in the black other category for the UK census. <laughs> so, Americans are their own weird thing. Yeah. Uh, 15 miles away. Uh, if we go back to the article. Say so 15 miles away in West London, High Point Village, marketed as uh, the same Irish property developer, Ballymore. Same guys who built that, which are charging six grand to live in. Never mind the price for the actual apartment. Promises an oasis of calm in a busy world. Since buying his flat in 2012, resident Adrian Gill has found life there less than relaxing. The 46-year-old airport worker said he had recently been diagnosed with an ulcerized oesophagus caused by stress. Rising service charges levied by Ballymore were the biggest contributor to his uh, condition, he added. Oh, I, 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 Mr. Gill lives there. Should we go and check out where the area is like where Mr. Gill lives? Sorry, I'm so. just looking at the area where I come from. 91% white English. Yes. It's not a top Trump's card. Yes, it is. Okay. I win. <laughs> that's, how, that's how some people are going to be using it, I that's suppose. That's how I'm using it. This, this is going to be a great tool for people looking where to move. Um, some people could use it for that, and um, that's why I think government will end up deleting it. So uh, get it while you can. I've actually downloaded the data. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just if anyone wondering. needs it. Just in case you want to slip us a fiver once it's gone. Anyway, but here we go. This is the luxury apartments here. Uh, 9% white English there, uh, for, for some reason. Or white British. Uh, do you want to guess what the majority group in this area who are being ripped off are? Uh, what, where is this part again? This is in West London. This is in West London. Near a Heathrow, which is why the airport worker lives there. Right next to a tube station, this one. I'm just going to keep saying Pakistani until I get it right. Uh, you're off by one country. Oh, okay. It's 41% Indian. Indian. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Not, not Pakistani here. Which, um, again, just context for what we're talking about. That's all. Back to more deets, though, because two of the most drastic examples they list, including a resident at New Providence Wharf, a development on the bank of the Thames in East London, whose service charge has now risen 77% to just over nine grand a year. Thank you very much. I know you brought this property, but now give me nine grand a year. That's right, you own it, which is why you pay me nine grand a year. Why would you do this? Why would you sign up for this? <laughs> anyway, because you're a fool. Uh, and there's also a neighbouring resident whose service charges increased 58% to approximately £3,800 over the same time period. We'll go and check out the uh, demographics of that neighbourhood, which is 18.1% uh, white English there. Uh, largest ethnic group? Pakistani? <laughs> no, it's Indian again. This oh, okay. one. 22.7% oh. Indian. All right. So what we're talking about is really rich Indians and some really rich Nigerians. Mm. That's all this is actually about. I just find it funny how the Financial Times, when they tell you the story, are constantly telling you English names for some reason. They do have one Indian lady in there who's complaining, but as for the rest of it, it's just like all these English people seem to be being ripped off in London. Very few English people live in these very rich places in London. 
Just, just as a side note keep people informed about reality rather than fantasy. They're saying here, although Ballymore has always delivered its service charge bills punctually, the underlying accounts setting out the reasons for any increases are routinely three years late, which makes it incredibly difficult for any leaseholder to challenge a substantial rise. Because again, the whole world is corrupt, apparently. To the fury of some of the leaseholders, Ballymore's own financial position appears to be going from strength to strength. The developer came close to the brink during financial crisis of 2008, but has since ridden a wave of demand for expensive new-build flats in London with considerable presence. Uh, last year, its largest UK subsidiary recorded profits of £80 million, while the group's net assets value is estimated at more than £500 million. Good job. Nice. Uh, imagine turning people who buy properties into renters. It's essentially what they've managed to do. And it's a genius scheme. I, I mean, we're not, when I list you that you have to pay nine grand to live in this place, I mean, it's not great either. I mean, you might be thinking, okay, well, you know, jacuzzis and pools in the center of London. I'm a rich boy. What do I care? Well, basically renting in a flat. When I totally brought it. Hot water and heating outages are a regular occurrence, as well as issues with leaking toilets or windows, no poor noise insulation, because it's their new builds, broken doors, windows that are prone to cracking, dilapidated communal grounds, and substandard ventilation leading to overheating in the summer. You want to guess how bad that gets? It's really bad. Pretty bad. Uh, Audrey Verma, a High Point Village resident for the past decade, said... Uh, she and her husband, Tony, were forced to sleep on the living room floor, the coolest point in their home, during the summer heat waves. Residents complained of nosebleeds, fainting spells, and exhaustion because the indoor temperatures were as high as 37 degrees Celsius. Bloody hell. Which is, I don't know, like 100 or something for Americans. Yeah, it's pretty high up there. Uh, see, this all, this, none of this checks for me because I was told that if I was to own nothing that I'd be happy about it. These people don't seem happy about it, and they barely own anything. I live in million-pound apartments in London, thank you. I have to pay that I will nine be grand a, yeah, a month. That I will be evicted <laughs> Sorry, yeah. from if I do not pay my yearly rent. Uh, yeah, but trust me, it's maintenance costs. It's totally being spent on maintenance. But my apartment is 37 degrees. They'll get round to those windows eventually. They'll fix the ventilation. My nine grand, my nine grand is going well spent. I mean, it really is like you're a bunch of students. You pay tuition <laughs> to live with this crap. Uh, I mean, because I can only assume that, yeah, if they don't pay the maintenance fees, they probably just get kicked out, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you've just paid the world's most expensive deposit for a terrible flat. Ballymore issued duplicate charges as well to all of the residents, um, totaling £252,000 in a year. So they, they would charge you that nine grand and then charge you another nine grand. And then just keep charging it until and see how far they can get away with it. Yeah, until someone sued. And they went, oh, that was a mistake for these residents who sued. Everyone else, though. Suck my D. Ballymore spent £2,400 purchasing and decorating Christmas trees at High Point Village and then charged the residents for it. Don't you love that? Where you live in a flat and they, someone comes to you with a bill for the Christmas decorations for some trees around the area? Like, I didn't consent to this. But you got to pay for it. This is a genius money-making scheme. I mean, I'm sorry, but living in London in a really expensive flat does not look good. At Royal Wharf, the Residents Association successfully pressed Ballymore to remove the £140,000 cost to their, to their renters for a concierge space. Uh, then it was confronted with the new cost, £187,000, to be paid by leaseholders towards running the community centre. Now... I know people talk about nightmare landlords, but this really... I mean, these aren't even landlords. They're the property developers, right? They're property owners, because you don't own anything. Property owners. Because you have a lease. Yes. 
And this sounds just like, on a day-to-day basis, this sounds like more effort than it's worth. It's just not fun. No, like nothing ev- about this Every other fun. day you're having to go to a bloody community meeting where you can discuss, listen, they're trying to co- uh, charge us another 200 grand. How are we going to sort this out? The company's approach to insurance commissions is also pretty fun. So, of course, because you don't own it, you lease it, you also have to pay the uh, actual owners for the insurance of the building, which, you know, is argue could be fair. That's, that's pretty normal. That's, that's not out of the ordinary. However, it's a bit of a concern with these guys. Since 2013, the annual premium for High Point Village has doubled to almost 140 grand for insurance. Is this for the... This like, is to insure the building. The, uh, is this individually, in case, you know, the, the, the individual people living there have to pay this much, or is this put together? This is an aggregate. Oh, okay. But of course, you've got to pay 140 grand in aggregate for the insurance, then you've got to pay 180 grand for the community centre, and then they wanted to charge 140 grand for the concierge service. Wait, would that, would that mean that if people all decide to move out one by one, the, the individual <laughs> costs for the people staying there might increase and I balloon I what's in the contract. until there's just one guy living there who just gets a bill for 140 grand? Yeah, just some like uh, Eastern European oligarch owns one flat, never visits it, and then gets a bill. He's <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. While it is normal for managing agents of residential properties to take a commission for securing the insurance, so the, the construction company and ownership uh, of it... Oh, so they're making money from this as well? Well, that's pretty normal. They, you know, it's like 10% or something, right? You debate with the brokers, so there's an incentive for the guys who own the place to get the lowest costing insurance, so then everyone wins, because insurance has got to be had. So it makes makes sense. So why not go with the cheapest option? Well, Ballymore, they they um they take a bigger share than ten percent. So uh, a new provenance wharf, the insurance costs have almost quadrupled to just under one million pounds. So everyone's got to pay into that. That was in 2015, so God knows what they are now. While Ballymore's share of commission payment has increased, they started off saying we will have 44 percent of the amount of money you spend on insurance. That's already quite a jump from ten percent. That's quite the piss take. Um, they now take 77 percent. So of whatever the million-odd pounds they're paying for insurance, the guys who own the building take 77%. Where did the justification <laughs> for that 33% jump come from? What is the justification for any of that? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I like money. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Mr. Krabs meme. Money! But I do just find it funny how really rich Indians are doing this. They're, they're the pre- true victims of this story, and they don't actually get represented in the article for some reason. The worrying... Uh, among leaseholders, is the substantial commission income means the developer has absolutely zero incentive to actually shop around for a cheaper insurance policy. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. Suck suck my ass is is all you can do about it, by by the looks of it. I mean, seriously, if you live there, what are you going to do? Exactly. To try and make them take a smaller cut of the over a million pounds. Yeah, you could, but these people aren't going to because um, they just love living in London. Oh, isn't Uh, it great? It's so enriching. Yeah, I mean, London gives you so much choice in your life. You could leave and find anything, such as a play which won't have you because you're white. If we go to the next link here, we can see. Uh, white people told they're not welcome at a BLM-inspired London play. Diversity equals no white people. I wouldn't want to go there anyway. So By Mr. Watson, who's written thank this. Thank you. <laughs> Local man. Thanks, I wasn't interested anyway, but it's good to know. My understanding is he actually does live in London, which I, I don't know why. Why, Paul? <laughs> Just, why? Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> but, uh, well, the royal, the Theatre Royale, Stratford East are the ones here, saying that no white people allowed to the theatre. Cool. Uh, should we check out the response? The response mainly was from someone like Dr. Scholler, it was like, I stand with the theatre, no whitey. 
Yeah, um, of course she was. Which, of course... She has know. her own personal ethnic interests. She's got her in-group preference. She's always... If they came out and today and said, we're going to do a live execution of Whitey in one of our plays, she would come out and say, I completely support this. This and is finally reparations being represented on stage. And local lunatic doing her thing. I mean, I've tried to ignore Dr. Sherlock just because it's clearly a grift at this point for her. But what is important about this is obviously you can see the MSNBC... Is it just me or... YouTube, <laughs> not YouTube, TV channel. In all of these appearances, I see when... And she comes out and makes these statement. Have her clothes been getting gradually more and more expensive looking? Yeah, they have actually. They really That's have. That's a really good point. Well, it's hard being your Royal Highness of the well, Nigeria. Well, yes, true. Royal family. But you can see there that, you know, Good Morning Brain just keep inviting on such people to propagandize the public about, like, yes, you deserve this, Whitey. <laughs> Should we check out who actually lives there? Yeah, go on. Yeah, that, I told you this tool was fun. It's good. It's 13% white English, so it probably wasn't about to be rampacked with, uh, you know, Probably like <laughs> two or three people there. Yeah. I, I don't think Whitey was about to swamp the area. If you live in this area, please move. You are <laughs> screwing yourself over. Uh, when we say area, we mean London. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing yes. is trash. You've got to throw the whole city out, is my perspective mm. on this at this point. Because, I mean, we've spoken endlessly about, as I mentioned there, the, the, the horrible treatment you get just in general. But... I, I personally am in, uh, have, a, have a genius idea. I'm going to take a saw to the outskirts of London and cut around it so it's all nice and neat, and then I'm going to push it off into the ocean, and they can go have their lovely ocean mega city by themselves. Goodbye. I, I, don't know. I agree with, actually, uh, Sadiq Khan on this. Uh, independence now. I, I, want them, I want us to build a wall, barbed wire it, <laughs> and uh, let them have it. But wouldn't that be so much more effective if they were adrift in the middle of the ocean. I don't know, because we could build the wall around it, and then, because of course the only way they're going to get food is by air or by the Thames, and in which case, I'm going to charge a fee. We're going to start introducing fees for airlifts. Well, all of these Ballymore com style companies seem to be making a lot of money off of these idiots, yes. so... Yeah, why, why not? Eh? Why shouldn't we? Anyway, there we are. Even if you're rich in London, um, terrible. I mean, we haven't even gone into the crime and everything else, which uh, Mr. Tate spoke about. Like, you cannot wear a rich uh, watch in London without being stolen. But... Even living in your crappy apartment, it's going to be 37 degrees, there's going to be dripping taps, the noise pollution is not going to work because it's a new build, or it might just rot to pieces because it's a new build. Um, good luck Indian bros in London, because <laughs> not my concern. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast The Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the website, such as the Epoch series, this episode on the life of Lenin. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters.com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.